We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean, I, I didn't want to spend too much time on that because there is some legitimately good news for Notre Dame on the recruiting side of things, and that's that there are some visits that have been set up for the spring and summer. Or actually, spring is the ones that kind of we've added recently. So, Sean, I, I think uh, I kind of did this chronologically to when these players are going to be visiting campus, and I think that that's kind of a good way to attack it. So Notre Dame starts their – starts – their camp, you know, the spring practice on the 22nd. Very shortly after they start, Sean, they'll be receiving a visit from, depending on who you look at, what recruiting service you look at, what platform, the number one tight end in the 2024 recruiting class by some people. And that's Jaden Riddell, who is out of the state state of Missouri, six foot four, 225 pounds, plays a lot on the outside for uh, for his high school out there in Missouri. 40-something catches, over a 1,000 yards as a junior. 4-4-1 is what he reports as his speed, as kind of a big flex tight end, wide receiver type. And Jaden Riddell verified with me last week, last week that uh, that he will be visiting Notre Dame on the 25th. He will be out there with, I believe, his mom. I'm not sure if anybody else from his family will be making the trip. But he will be out there, Sean. And this is a big conversation piece for us because we have already talked about, I think for me, like Caleb Odom's another talented tight end from Georgia that's on the board. But Notre Dame, I think, has really kind of put their sights on Jaden Riddell and then Carter Nelson from Nebraska. Like that's kind of their guys, in my opinion. Jaden Riddell, and and it's cool because Jaden Riddell and Carter Nelson are kind of similar-ish football players, right? Like they're both 6'4", 6'5", longer type dudes that are more like flex tight ends right now than they would be true inline tight ends. But they have a lot of growth potential, a lot of things to work with. And I think that uh, it's a big deal to get Jaden Riddell on campus. And Because I think I think if I remember correctly, this is going to be his first time on campus at Notre Dame. And Sean, he played uh, seven on seven recently with uh, Mr. CJ Carr, if you've heard of him, right? So I, th- I think Jaden Riddell is a big time visit that Notre Dame's going to get. Again, depending on what platform you look at, sub consider him the top tight end in the 2024 class. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, I was all on Carter Nelson, just ecstatic about him. And then, you know, <laughs> Riddell comes up. And I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. Is this kid a wide receiver or is he a tight end? Because every piece of film I'm watching, he's either playing the X or the Z. And it's like, when does, he, when does he actually play tight end? And then you look at the video that came out this weekend from the 707. We you straight line four four one like this like you said has been reported, but his movement he moved he reminds me so much of Gates. Some of the top, and of course, I'm not calling him an NFL tight end right now as a high schooler, right? But when you start to think about the great tight ends, this movement is very much like a Kelsey, a Gates, where it's just flawless. I mean, fluid wide receiver like. But he has size, um, a Tony Gonzalez. Like you think in that mindset when you look at him really run routes and play football, yeah. catches the ball with his hands, and like everything just seems effortless, you know. And that is very reminiscent, in my opinion, of a Tyler Eifert. If That's I had to pump somebody in Notre Dame, Tyler Eifert just played the position like effortlessly, like a wide receiver. They lined him out, lined him up outside a lot. So to, to get him on campus, to see that he has a pre-existing relationship with C.J. Carr, it, it bodes well. And also, once again, you know, Notre Dame continuing to mine what is a very fertile, talent-rich area, St. Louis. Like, just continuing to go to the state of Missouri and the surrounding areas of St. Louis and get the best talent out of there and get them interested in Notre Dame. That's another fantastic job. And like we said, it's a benefit now, right? Because the main guy that's recruiting you is not only the position coach or was a position coach, but he's the guy that calls the plays to yes. make sure you get all the targets you want. So, yeah, you have to feel good, and it's good that he's going to be visiting. Yeah, I, I think it's big time, man. And, I mean, if we're talking about comps, Sean, like this is a modern-day tight end, right? Like this is yeah. a 
more in the Kyle Pitts, Evan mm-hmm. Ingram mold, right? Like he's not a – I'm not going to put him in line to block a ton early on. I'm not going to do that. But like in the Whoa. slot, out wide, like this kid's a mismatched weapon. If he has legitimate – and he does look fast on film. So if he's a legitimate 4-4 guy at six foot four, 225 pounds with room to grow – that's a headache for linebackers and safeties that do it. And cornerbacks, for that matter. Like, that's just a headache in general. So, Jaden Riddell visiting Notre Dame on the 25th is big time for the Irish. There's no doubt. Another visitor this month, Sean, that we got word of is Cole Sullivan, who is a linebacker out of Central Catholic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is scheduled to visit on March 31st to Notre Dame, a player that's been on campus before. He visited for two games last year at Notre Dame. So he's familiar with the Irish. At that point, though, last season, Sean, he did not have a offer from the University of Notre Dame. So things have obviously escalated quickly. We've talked about this in the past, and I think we talked about it in our linebacker show. Notre Dame is very high on Cole Sullivan. And I know that there are some people that don't like it because of his ranking currently. I don't think he's ranked on any of the platforms yet. But his offer list is expanding. He's very talented. I think the thing why the rankings are a little behind on him, in my opinion, is that he missed basically his entire sophomore season deal with an injury. But this year at Central Catholic, he was their leading tackler, despite playing with Anthony Specka, who Notre Dame fans probably know a little bit, who was he probably would have ended up at Notre Dame if Notre Dame didn't cool on him. And it was now going to obviously the Penn State. So Cole Sullivan visiting the 31st. I think it's going to be a huge opportunity for him because the great thing about Jaden Riddell and Cole Sullivan is they're not visiting for the for the for the blue gold game, Sean, but they get to see a practice. And that's important, right? Like that's really important. And I know that Al Golden, for as much slack as he's gotten, and a lot of it is very well deserved. He does have roots in Pennsylvania. And he obviously going to Penn State originally, you know, as a tight end. And I he has for in my opinion, for the targets that they have in Pennsylvania in 2024. I think he's done a good job in Pennsylvania. It's just kind of, you know, maybe opening that a little bit is kind of the conversation with Al Golden. But Cole Sullivan is high on Notre Dame, in my opinion. I might even call Notre Dame the leader. I, you know, I think that the, I think that going into the visit, they're in a very good spot. If Notre Dame knocks this one out of a park, I think that Cole Sullivan is. Notre Dame's in a pretty good opportunity to potentially close on Cole Sullivan in the very near future, in my opinion. Big fan of this young man. We watched his film a couple of weeks back. Love what he can do, the athleticism. And it was funny because I think when we saw the original offer go out, it was one of those things like, yeah, okay. But once again, we we challenged the coaches at Notre Dame to plant flags in different regions of the country. And a familiarity that Coach Gold does have with the Pennsylvania area. And look, to be honest, if you go back to when Notre Dame was good, there has always been a Pennsylvania connect. And right? usually usually a Pittsburgh guy, too. Usually, usually a Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh guy. Like even but yeah. McGlinchey, like shout out to shout out to McGlinchey, our guy. Mike was it like McGlinchey. five years, 87 five years. mil or something? Yeah. 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 It's like, yo, go have nice dinner <laughs> on the Denver Broncos. But no, like he was from PA, right? Yep. And you get this 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 nice line of talent. And I think when you talk PA, you kind of include jerseys like Jersey, PA, New York, in that area. You try tri-state area. Tri-state area. Yeah. Massachusetts with Derby Lambert and those guys this year. 
and Preston Zinter, they, they got him from that area. So it's an area that has a lot of talent. It's a lot of talent that I remember early on in Nick Saban's tenure. He started to mine that area and come away with some really good talent that caused him to be able to build a program when he was just starting in Alabama. So, yep. you know, planting the flag in Pennsylvania, um, when you talk about Zinter, you talk about Cole Sullivan, you talk about a Caleb Brewer from out that way, you start talking about all the talent that you can pull out of there that schools like Penn State probably felt like they had a monopoly on yep. for a long time. You start getting some of that talent and pulling it away from schools like Penn State. You know, you're doing yourself some justice in recruiting. And I'm telling you, man, the more I watch this young man's film, he can play the position really well. He can yes. play the position really well. He's a little small right now, so I'm very interested to see skinny. what he can get up to. Very skinny. Yeah, he's yeah. very skinny. But, you know, he knows how to play the position. And, you know, if he decides to come to Notre Dame, glad he's visiting. If he chooses to fight an Irish, I'm sure, you know, Matt Bayless will get a hold to him and get him yep. right. No doubt about it. And I think that that'll be a big conversation piece on campus, too, is because obviously Notre Dame likes his body type and likes the developmental potential. But, you know, getting Bayless with some more eyes on Cole Sullivan, I think is going to be big because he, you know, he weighed, Sean, he's listed at 6'3, 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is not projecting him as a rover, though. They're projecting him as a weak side inside linebacker, right? Yeah. So th- that will linebacker position. So that's kind of, you're expecting him to put on. 20 plus pounds like you're expecting yeah. that type of thing i think of a i think stylistically speaking comparable to nolan ziegler as far as like how notre dame views him and kind of how he's used in high school i mean nolan was an, a, an overhang a lot during his high school career obviously that's kind of what cole is as well but cole you know has power he has athleticism it's about developing him right so yeah. see, seeing that and you know seeing hopefully i'm getting up to 225 230 pounds somewhere in that ballpark would be great and uh big, big opportunity to get him on campus, which I think will be good. Sean, also want to hit on a couple blue-gold visitors, man. There's one really in particular that I know Brian Driscoll's very high on. I also uh, – we included him in today's show. We're going to talk about some of our favorite defensive recruits in the class. So I want to talk about Drexel Hill, Monsignor, Don, uh, Monsignor Bonner, defensive end, Malachi Williams, listed at 6'5", 210 pounds. He made me aware two days ago when I first reported that he will be on campus for the Blue Gold game. Sean, since Notre Dame offered Williams, he has really taken a big step on the recruiting side of things, man. He's he's considered a top 250 guy by two different platforms. He's a top 200 player by one platform. And I think he's, you know, he's obviously a guy that needs to gain a decent amount of weights, right? Like he's only 210 pounds right now. But I like this kid, man. He's long. He's explosive. He's twitchy. Big deal for Notre Dame, in my opinion, to get Malachi Williams on campus. Another guy, like you just said, Pennsylvania guy. It, Drexel Hill, for people that don't know, that's Philadelphia. It's an outskirt of Philadelphia. But he's also uh, also a nice addition to the visitor list for this spring, getting him on campus. Super long athletic kid. Quick first step off the edge. I know why Brian Driscoll loves him. Because the upside is absolutely tremendous for this young man. I remember watching this film and saying, if he's doing it on these type of football fields, which are not the best in the Philadelphia area, then you know he can really put forth a great effort. And um, you talked about it. It is a different vibe when you come in for a practice in comparison to the Blue and Gold game. But 
that blue and gold game can do something to you. Like when you come in for that weekend and you start to go into the tent and you look to your left and there's Jerome Bettis, and you look to your right and there's Rocket Ismail. It's like these young men, it's it's so amazing that somehow, some way, the young men that end up coming to Notre Dame know players from 30 years ago. Like they and me, like, oh man, that's Jerome Bettis. And you go to some other players and you ask them about a player that played 20 years ago at another school, and they're like, who? Like, oh man, I don't know him. It's, it's something about Notre Dame, it's something about that weekend that could lead to guys saying, you know what, this is the place I want to be. So is that a possibility? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be very interesting, but I'm glad, I'm glad a kid like him is actually coming in on that particular weekend rather than just a practice weekend or just to watch for a couple of days or visit the campus for a couple of days because he's the type of kid that you want to make maximum impact and there's no bigger maximum impact weekend in the spring than the weekend of the blue and gold game. And, and I'll be, I'll be very honest about Malachi's recruitment right now. He's a tough kid to read, Sean. Very yeah. like matter of fact type of type of fast, which I like. I like that on the defensive side of the ball, especially. He's not a he's not flashy in like how he carries himself, right? Like he's not like look at all these offers I have. Look how good I am. Like he's very like he's trying to find a good fit for him. And I think that's what Malachi is really focused on. And he also comes from a Catholic school here in Pennsylvania, right? So, like, there's some – I think there's some easy transitional stuff from academics, kind of, you know, his obviously religious background and all that type of stuff, right? Like, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think Malachi is going to have a great time on, on on campus in Notre Dame. I think that's a big one. Last guy that we added to the visitor list over the last mm-hmm. few days, Sean, is Brian Huff. Who is out of Jonesboro, Arkansas? Who is listed at six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds? We talked about him in the linebacker show, Sean. This is a kid I believe that could play a little bit of will, but ultimately he's probably a Mike on the next level. I don't know what his spate. I don't know what his status is as far as on the linebacker board. Like I don't think he's at the top of the linebacker board right now. But obviously he's a player that Notre Dame is very interested in. They want to get him on campus to really kind of. You know, see how the fit works on both sides of things. So I, I think getting a guy like Huff is an interesting one. He's a little bit of a later riser, a guy that was kind of under underrated when Notre Dame first offered him, you know, a couple months ago at this point. But his recruiting ranking has started to work its way up here a little bit. And I know he's a four-star by a couple different services. So Brian Huff making his visit for the blue goal game as well, Sean. And another interesting player we've talked about in the past. It just shows you that this staff, they're really turning over every rock when it comes to recruiting because they're going to regions that we haven't heard of from Notre Dame in a long time, right? Talking about Arkansas, you're talking about mining the Pennsylvania area, the tri-state area, Texas, Florida. California has always been in the mix when it comes to Notre Dame. Arizona has become a hotbed recently for Notre Dame. They're trying to plant the flag out there in Arizona and Nevada. The staff is doing an incredible job. And like you said, the Huff kid coming in, getting him. Al Golden seems like he has almost a war room when it comes to linebackers in this recruiting class. Like, Like we see a lot of linebackers, but it's like, okay, which ones? Are we going to get like there's a lot on the board, but which ones are we going to target and get? So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how his recruitment moves along in the spring and the summer. And if he rises up the board, 
you know, according to the class, I mean, according to the coaches and the staff, or if he kind of stays as a let's take a wait and see from a standpoint. It, it'll be very interesting. You know why? Because I believe this week, if I'm not mistaken, whether the Lucky Charms go out. Yeah, on Friday. Right? We, we, I hit on that in the intro a little bit. It is the pot of gold offer experience. I, I guess mm-hmm. it's a way to put it, right? Like right. that's that's going to that's gonna be on Friday. Yep, so there's going to be a lot of offers extended this week. So a lot of offers extended, and you see a lot of young men on social media, you know, posting what they got from the University of Notre Dame. And I think it's the – I think they're doing a better job of scouring and turning over every rock because I think last year certain people that probably should have gotten one didn't didn't, didn't end up getting one. And Who are you that, talking about, Sean? Who are you talking I'm, about, man? I'm not talking about anyone in particular. I'm just saying, Ryan. I'm just saying. But no, you know, they're doing man, this staff really this is this is the question we have to ask. Are they extending themselves too much? To the point that they really aren't jumping on some of the top kids and identifying yeah. some of the top kids. That's fair to ask it as we look at the approach in 23 in comparison to the approach in 2024. And that's fair to ask. It is fair. I, I think there's a very fine line between keeping a small board and maybe not expanding enough and then keeping too large of a board. Like there's a very yeah. fine line. Cause I don't want it to be the smallest board in the world where you're limiting yourself to evaluating players and, and searching for fits. But I also don't want you to do what kind of what the linebacker board looks like right now, where you're just like, there's so many guys. How can you possibly find out how much of a fit it is with all these dudes? Like, I don't understand. Right. Like that's kind of my, frustration is I think there needs to be a balance. And I think that that does, I mean, Sean, it's like the defensive line class that we're talking about, right? The defensive line recruiting. We talked about the Justin Scott stuff a lot. We talked about it where, you know, there wasn't enough communication at one point in that recruitment. Well, I think part of it is, and I don't, cause I don't think it's that, I don't think it's that Al Washington isn't recruiting. I think Al Washington's recruiting too many kids. Like that's kind of where I am at, you know, like I don't think that he's just sitting and not doing anything and not doing, not, calling kids and all that type of stuff. I think Al's doing that. It's just that Al Washington, in my opinion, wasn't focusing enough on who the board really needs, like who needs the most attention out of that board. Like that's kind of where I am. So I, I think you hit it perfectly though, man. There needs to be a balance. I don't think there was enough of a balance early on. Yeah, and I think maybe that was a shift from the linebacker standpoint because I think we felt like there were at least two linebackers before the departure of James Laronitis that we felt like, okay, we know these guys are at the top of their list at this position, and they sit in a really good position with these young men, right? After the departure, it seems like the board started to open up a little bit more, and we start to see young men like Cole Sullivan, who's coming in, you know, be part of that board, and some of the other guys went over. We went over the linebackers, I think, two weeks ago on our recruiting show, so and don't get me wrong, there are some fantastic – we're not complaining because the linebackers are on the board, some players, right? But it goes back to what you said with the safety position and I think the linebacker position. At some point, you have to get a stud, a dog, whatever adjective you want to use, yeah, right? Or whatever you want to use to describe 
a top guy at each position, you have to make sure each recruiting class that you bring in one of those guys. Yes. And so with having so many young men on the board, my question would be who is identified as that guy? Right. That's the question. So many. You know, who's that guy? I think defensive line, you can say what you want. Like it's been clearly identified the two guys on that interior defensive line class for Notre Dame. Yep. And now it's about whether or not you get them in the class. Yes. I think those guys have been identified to a certain extent on the outside of the defensive line when it comes to pass rushers. Mike Mickens, we don't do. <laughs> I feel like we're unfair to Mike Mickens because we don't talk about <laughs> <laughs> talk about him at all. <laughs> him at all, as if he's just not doing anything. No, he's doing such an incredible job of identifying kids. The, the, the balance of this, Ryan, identify your preferences because you talk about this all the time, whether it's scouting or coaching. You, you have a bias. Yes. You're going to have a bias when you're looking at a film and when you scout kids, right? But he does an incredible job of balancing his bias yep. with the top guys that you want to go after if you're an elite program, yes. right? Like this guy might not be by the numbers the person that everybody thinks is a great player, but guess what? I love him. So, hey, Carson Hobbs, come on. We're going to get you to transfer. Come on down to Notre Dame. But at the same time, we're going to stay in the same state and we're going to go after Aaron Scott, who is like rated as the top, one of the top three cornerbacks in the 24 class. So, and that's the balance I think we're looking for across the board, right? From any coach. I think Chancey Stuckey kind of showed that in the 23 class as well. And he's and he's got a lot of traction in 2024 right now, Sean. Like, I mean, absolutely. I, I forget if we were talking about it or if Brian were talking about it in a recent show, but you know, it, with Cam, especially getting on Cam Williams so early, Sean, mm-hmm. yep. Notre Dame, I would say, is in a good spot with like five different receivers, and they might yeah. only have a spot for two to three more. So, I mean, ultimately, man, Notre Dame is going to get a really good wide receiver group in 2024. Like, I yeah. really think that it's going to get an excellent group. And yeah. honestly, even with if they only have three wide receivers in the class, I think you can make an argument that it might be a stronger class in the end than 2023 with a couple of the names that are on the board. You know, like if they get a, let's say they get hype, you know, hypothetically a Josiah Brown and a Ryan Wingo or a Josiah Brown and I don't know, Quasi Gilmer or a Josiah Brown and, you know, I, I just keep using Josiah Brown all over again, but a Jason Robinson and a, and a, and a, you know, and a Ryan Wingo, like any of those combinations, man. That's a dang good wide receiver group, my friend. That's really good. Followed up by the four-man class you got in 2023. I'm not worried about the future of the wide receiver position at Notre Dame because as long as Chancey Stuckey can coach, which I think he showed a lot of in 2023, I mean 2022, needs to take a step forward. But that group's going to have talents. That group is going to be – has been replenished. Really, Sean, we are a calendar year away from Notre Dame having four wide receivers healthy for spring ball. Literally, I mean, literally. And now you're going into spring with nine scholarship receivers ready to go in this class. That's not even counting Caleb Smith, who's going to be on campus, you know, in the summer as well to add to that depth. So if you have another good wide receiver group for Notre Dame in 2024, future of the wide receiver group is, I mean, the wide receiver position is going to be dang good, man. Like really good group. Just going back to that first practice we went to, 
they went into the spring practice with those low numbers. And remember what happened on the first play of practice? <laughs> That's why it was like a, a death silence just fell over the entire building because everyone's looking like, come on, man, not another wide receiver, but – that's just what a pro, like you said, that's crazy that just a year ago this time, that's what this program was. And now it's a total 180, which is why, look, for me, Chancey Stuckey's under a microscope, right? Okay. Because he came into a situation that was a difficult situation. Yes. Right. First, he's only had one year of Power Five coaching under his belt. He leaves Bailey, comes to Notre Dame, working with bare minimum. And he's trying to change the culture yep. at the same time, right? Somehow, some way, does a really good coaching job, recruits a really good class of wide receivers. And now, things are totally different, my man. Now, we're going – now, we're not in a honeymoon stage anymore. Now, we're like, okay, you need to produce. Yeah. Second year, these are your guys. They have a year under your tutelage now. They, they know your system. They know what's expected. Now these guys have to produce. So not, you know, not scrutiny, but under the microscope to see, okay, now, like you said, now we get to see the coaching. Now we really get to see the coaching and the development. Yep. That's what and, comes to the forefront. And, and I've liked the first two years with Chancey Stuckey's done. I mean, he went to – he went to Baylor and he made Tyquan Thornton into a second round pick who Tyquan Thornton had like 18 catches the year prior. Yeah. I think that you saw a lot of, a lot of development from Notre Dame. I mean, we, we talk, I, I think the easiest person, Sean, that we would talk about is Jaden Thomas. I mean, Jaden yeah. Thomas early in the season looked like he didn't deserve to be on the field. By yeah. the end of the season, he was your best wide receiver. <laughs> like yeah. that's just kind of where we were. Right. And that's, that's about coaching. That's about development. That yeah. stuff matters. So I'm excited to your point. Now that Coach Stuckey has a room that actually looks like an like a college football receiving room from a numbers perspective, now it's about coaching, man. Like you can put yeah. your focus on coaching, yeah. and you've put yourself in a good early position with a lot of 2024 wide receivers as well. So we went a little bit earlier. Oh, sorry, guys. I, like, I, I like the way you continually use Josiah Brown. By the way, those are that's yes. a great example. Like whatever Speed. combination, <laughs> continually use Josiah Brown as the first name. I'm, I'm yes. cool with that. Josiah Brown is a very fast young man, brother. I'm, I'm all for getting speed at Notre Dame, you know what I mean? So, yes, Josiah Brown. Hopefully Notre Dame is able to land a player like that. I really like the speed out of New York. But we went a little bit over on this kind of like Notre Dame uh, recruiting recap. We're going to get into the next segment where we're going to talk about some of our favorite recruits defensively in the 2024 class on Notre Dame's radar. Please hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, five-star reviews, all that great stuff. We're going to get to the next section, though. But for us, this is the Notre Dame. This is the Notre Dame recruiting update on the Notre Dame recruiting app. All right, Sean. As we always do, we're going to talk some recruits. We're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some of our favorites in this class, and we're going to watch some film. So all three is where I, what I'm. You know, that's what I do. That's what you do. That's what we love. So we're going to keep doing that, man. We're going to keep doing it. So. We wanted to kind of work this kind of like a – we're going to – obviously, we're talking about defensive side of the football. We're, we picked out five recruits that we really wanted to hit on as far as some of our favorites in the class. We're going to start from the front and work our way to the back. So we're going to give the big guys some love up in the um, on the defensive line, and then we're going to work our way back to the safeties. But I will, did want to throw this into the chat for anybody watching because Brian put out a 
article that was about this exact topic a couple days ago about some of his top favorite players in the 2024 recruiting class on the defensive side of the ball. So it's in the chat if anybody wants to look at it. I wanted to just hit on a couple of his guys, Sean, real quick that he put in this article. Again, some of Brian's favorite in the class. He mentioned Bryce Young, defensive end out of North Carolina, of course, the son of former Irish great Bryant Young, who was a you know great player for Notre Dame, NFL Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion. He's got a pretty good resume, and Bryce Young is a very talented kid, six foot four, six foot five, excuse me, two hundred forty pounds, and he continues to grow into that frame. Very projectable, a little bit raw, but developmental potential there for sure. We talked a little bit about Malachi Williams, the defensive end out of Pennsylvania, out of Monsignor Bonner. They're in uh, Drexel Hill, it's technically Philadelphia. It's an outskirt of Philadelphia, but Malachi Williams is a player that we'll also be talking about during the show. So. Hold on to that thought about Malachi. Brian also talked about Cameron Clark, who is a defensive end in the class, listed at six foot five, uh, more closely probably around six foot three range. Very talented space player in this class, look, being looked at as a potential viper in the class for Notre Dame. Cameron Clark, who was on campus last weekend at the University of Notre Dame, and it looks like they made a really nice early impression on him. He also talked about a linebacker that I know most people are high on. This young man, Kingston. Viliamo Asa out of St. John Bosco, who might be on the show soon. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Kingston is that true playmaking Mike linebacker at the next level. 6'3", 230 pounds already. Probably going to be 240 pounds before you blink an eye. Very talented player. The high school teammate of Peyton Woodyard, who was a safety target for Notre Dame that ultimately de- uh, committed to Georgia a few months ago. But Kingston is a player that Notre Dame is very high on, and th- we think that there is some legitimate interest there. Cole Sullivan, a player that we talked about as well, Sean. Obviously the linebacker out of Central Catholic in Pennsylvania. Player that Brian, I think, has really kind of turned – uh, t- change his opinion on a little bit. I don't think he was like super fired up initially when Cole was offered, but I think that Brian has really started to like Cole Sullivan and the talent that he brings. Brian also talked about two, sa- uh, three safeties in his piece. One of which is a player, David Andrews, who will be on campus on during the blue and gold game out of, he's out of the state of Utah, six to 190 pounds, rangy athletic, Probably going to be a rover long-term if he ends up at Notre Dame potentially, but he also has the skills to play some deep safety and play kind of that field safety for Notre Dame. Jalen McLean is a safety that we will also talk about today later in the show. Player that I'm very high on, Sean. We've talked about him out of Seton Hall Prep here in New Jersey, West Orange, New Jersey. Kind of a versatile piece, and we'll talk about him again during the show. Kennedy Erlacher is a safety that Notre Dame is also high on that will be visiting um, in April, I think April 15th was when Kennedy is visiting. He, obviously, he's the son of former Chicago Bear pro bowler, all-pro linebacker, and NFL Hall of Famer Brian Erlacher out of the state of Arizona. And John Mitchell, who's a cornerback out of Florida, was the last guy on, on Brian's list, Sean. He compared him a little bit in his piece to Benjamin Morrison as far as some of the traits that he has. A very interesting and talented football player as well, who Notre Dame is on. They would like to have a third corner in this class. They hope that maybe John Mitchell could be that third corner. But regardless, length, athleticism, lot to like about a guy like John Mitchell. But, Sean, let's get into some of our guys, man. We're going to watch some film as we do it. I already mentioned Malachi Williams, who's out of Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania, goes to Monsignor uh, Bonner, 
I always want to say Monsignor Donovan because that's another high school there in Pennsylvania. But out of Bonner, Sean, this young man, again, 6'5", 310 pounds. I'm going to share the screen here so we can take a look a little bit at his film film together here. And, Sean, I think like the first thing that pops out to me is like that size profile, right? I mean, the kid is 6'5", 210 pounds. And we'll see on his film, this is a viper for Notre Dame. He's asked to do a lot in space. First play of, of the highlight tape is him dropping into coverage and intercepting a pass and showing a little bit of after catchability as well. But uh, I mean, Sean, like for me, that this kid is that kind of that twitchy viper that I think Notre Dame needs more of. And I think that he brings a lot of tools to the table, which are very interesting. Gives you defensive defensive versatility, right? Yes. And I think Marcus Freeman has talked about that since the time he's been a defensive coordinator getting talent at the linebacker position, at the rover position, and on defensive front to give you different fronts and different looks. And Notre Dame is just one of those schools because of their schedule, their national schedule, where they have to have that defensive versatility, right? Because one week you go from facing a team like USC and then you come back the very next week and it comes Navy. It's a South Bend. And now the look you were playing, you're playing nickel most, most of the game against USC. And then you come back and you might have three linebackers on the field the entire game against Navy. So you have to have versatility. You have to have that 1A, 1B mentality on the depth chart that Marcus Freeman has talked about as well to whereas you have that trust. When you have a kid like this, in my opinion, he gives you the versatility. No matter who you play, he can find a way to be on the field. Those are the type of guys you want. Yeah, he can play Rover, you know, against USC. But then, you know what, we might need you to play some weak side. You might play low, play some linebacker a little bit against Navy because we need you on the field. We need your speed. We need your athleticism to get to the outside and stop that pitch play. So it's a lot of different things when you get athletes like this that you can do defensively, and it helps with the schematics. Of course, we know Al Golden loves to be multiple yeah. instead of simplifying things. <laughs> He likes to come. He likes everything to be complex, complicated, and complex. But a talent like this, he immediately jumped off the screen to me. The first, like you said, that first play, I'm like, okay, yeah. Sean, he's long, man. He's super long. He's all yeah. arms and legs right now. Yeah. But man, if this kid fills out right and they get like good weight on him, you know, he reminds me of a little bit because I remember watching him a little bit when he came out of high school. I get some Julian Aquara vibes here, Sean. Like that's what because you remember okay. Julian was like six four two ten coming out. Like he was very skinny, very yeah. skinny. But and I think that they have similar body types, man. Julian was long. He was athletic. Didn't have a great power profile, obviously, you know, during most of his Notre Dame career. But that was, again, because he was putting so much weight on. Like, he was yeah. – I mean, he gained, like, 40 pounds plus pounds while he was at Notre Dame. That's how – that's what I kind of see with Malachi Williams. I think – I mean, he, I will say this, though. Julian was long. Malachi Williams is probably longer just watching him on film, man. That kid has some vines for arms. I know people make fun of me when I say vines for arms. I don't care. Go ahead in the chat and make fun of me, Salty. But, man, he's – He's a long kid, man. The, the the range that he has, the tackle radius he has, it's pretty rare stuff, man. It's pretty rare stuff. And again, he's not a finished product. I don't expect him if he goes to Notre Dame to be a, you know, be a starter year one type of thing. But like year two, year three, if he puts on good amount of weight at Notre Dame, this could, could be a stud. You know, 
transition, right? A lot of yeah. schools and programs will use that roller position to get young talent on the field and then allow them to transition to something else. Yes. So it's going to be recruiting standpoint, it's going to be very interesting to see how Notre Dame uses the roller position moving yeah. forward, right? Because a guy like Malachi Williams can get on the field early playing the rover, but will he stay there? Will he transition to inside at the linebacker position? Could he transition to the exterior of the defensive line as a pass rusher? It's going to be very interesting because you get a guy like that with pass rusher skills and long arms, and he starts to add weight and gets up to about 250, 260 at Notre Dame. Yeah, I only, I honestly, I only need him to get up to like 240, man. Like, I don't yeah. need him to get too big. Like, yeah. I mean, he, cause, cause the, I, I think the, I think the big sell about him is that he is a gifted athlete. Like, he moves yeah. incredibly well. He's twitchy. He's flexible. I don't want to put too much weight on him and take that flexibility away. I think that he's a kid that's, you know, as a Viper, for me, for me, like, you put him at Viper. You get him up to 240, 245, and you let him wreak havoc. Like, that's me. Because I, I think he has a frame. I don't know if you agree with this, but I think he has a frame where he, if he holds 245, he's not going to lose any athleticism, in my opinion. Like, I think that he's got that type of frame. Right. 245 so. would be that breaking yeah. point, right? Like you said, 240, yeah. 245. I agree with that. He doesn't I mean, if his size. Right. I mean, if his frame can hold more, then sure, put it on if he can hold it. But – you know, for me, like he's I think he's more Julian Aquara than he is Isaiah Foskey as a mm-hmm. as a as a um as a Viper type. I yeah. think he's a little bit more of a stand-up sleek rusher than like Isaiah Foskey at 264, you know, power power plug type of yeah. thing. Like that's just kind yeah. of where I am on it. So yeah. next guy I want to talk about, Sean. So he's a Viper. Again, he's visiting for the Blue Gold game, Malachi Williams out of Pennsylvania. Sean, I wanted to talk about a kid that we haven't talked about at all on this podcast, I don't believe. That's Kellen Lindstrom, who's out of the state of Missouri. This is an interesting catch, Sean, because as you can see, he is 6'6", 235 pounds. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know you know the name that I initially thought of when I saw Kellen Lindstrom and like how he moves? He looks like Joey Bosa to me, man. And I'm not saying he's going to be Joey Bosa. Like, don't, don't. Don't don't fool that, right? I'm just saying, like his body type and like kind of how he moves a little bit. He's got a little bit of an awkward gait, but he can really, I think, close a lot of ground. I mean, this kid's 6'6, 235, 240 pounds now. This is that kid for me that could be 270 pounds playing strong side defensive end. And I mean, I think you see the physicality he plays with, man. There's some physical traits here. That first play sold me. <laughs> right. The you know what's weird about move, him, Sean? Sean, it's was, so weird. It was incredible. It's so weird about him though, because he has a lot of production from a tackle perspective and like forcing fumbles and stuff like that. But he doesn't have a lot of sack production in his high school for some reason. Like I, I don't I don't know why that is. Maybe it's a Brennan Vernon thing, where Bre- like Brennan Bre- when Brennan was at Mentor, Mentor High School didn't ask him to just like they didn't ask him to like just pull take the chains off and just go and create havoc. Right? They asked him to. Hold the point of attack, play the run, do that type of stuff. And I think that's kind of what they do with Kellen Lindstrom, which has kind of affected his like sack totals. But man, he is big, six five plus, pretty good length. I think he's powerful as anything, and he's got a frame where he's going to hold two sixty five, two seventy, in my opinion. So this could be a viper if he stays his size, but he's a strong side end long term, in my opinion. Like that's what he plays. I see why you gave the Bosa comment. The more the comp, the more I watch the film. Because Bosa, they have the speed to get to the outside, but there's a skill to be a big guy 
and have the wherewithal to make yourself small. Right? Because you're trying to get through cracks along the offensive line and somehow, some way, both Bosa's have a way of making themselves small and having enough strength just to break through and be disruptive, whether it's a run yeah. play or a pass play. And I see exactly what you were seeing from watching this young man's film. The fact that he has a two-way mind as far as pass rushing. Like, it's almost like he's a thinking man on the defensive line pre-snap, and then he just uses his athleticism to see or to go attack what he's diagnosed. Because his inside moves, I've seen him make several inside moves. It's like, whoa. You know, most high school kids, they get the play, and this is the gap I'm supposed to go to. And it it's really it seems like he's a very cerebral player along with a heck of an athlete. Yes. I, I like the note you made about, like, I call it slippery. The guys can yeah. kind of get skinny and take gaps, like, and kind of be that one-gap penetrator style. That's a great way to put it. And, Sean, like, he's not the bendiest dude of all time, but you know what the Bosa's both do? Because the one misconception about Nick Bosa especially, Nick Bosa's not bendy. Nick Bosa no. understands how to reduce angles. And when I say reduce angles, I mean – he understands how to set offensive tackles up where they get a little they get a little kind of flat in their drops and in their kick steps and then they're he's able to corner around them and take the edge because he kind of slow played them a little bit. So it's not a true outside track bend, it's more about setting a guy up and then taking a shorter angle to the quarterback. So that's both outside and inside. He's got that ability to kind of take shorter angles, which I think is really impressive, man. And you see this kid's offer list, he is blowing up. He's got offers from like everywhere now, man. So, you know, I think that there's a I think there's a lot of tools to work with here. Not a finished product, a little bit raw, just a little bit, but I think that when you look at this length power profile, this is a strong side defensive end. And if I was Notre Dame, I would have serious interest in him. I think they do have interest in him. It's just about, you know, getting him to campus is gonna be a big thing for me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, let us know what we need to do. We need to take up a collection contribution for the trip in the South Bend. I think everybody in the chat and everybody part of the fan base would agree. They would love to see this young man come in for a visit because he's yep. definitely. See, this is the type of kid, the type of attitude kid you need on your team. He just comes across as a nasty kid to me. Yeah. Just he gives, nasty he gives, I think he's slightly twitchier, maybe not quite as powerful, but he reminds me of Brendan Vernon as a player. Like, doesn't he a little bit? Like, he's that strong That's side it. end that can maybe move inside and pass rush downs and do some of the dirty work. I think he's a little twitchier than Brendan, though, but I do think Brendan was also he's also stronger than he was at the similar age. You spent time with Brendan down in San Antonio? Yeah. Brendan's a nice kid. Very nice, yeah. Comes from man, very nice kid. Now, you wouldn't want to be across from him on a third and one. Yes. Because he has a switch. He's a different – it's almost like he becomes a different person. So 
I, this is the type he's that type of kid when I watch him play. It's like, man, he looks like a nice kid, but he's probably man, just has this mean streak in him. And I who was the last did we have anybody on the defensive line last year that you felt like had a mean streak? I, I, I think um I think Jordan Battello has a mean streak. I, I think that's he has a little bit of a mean streak. Yeah. That that I can rock with, but I think you need at least two two mean streaks. Yes. On your defensive line, at least two. Especially a guy like especially a guy like him that's going to play interior a little bit as well, like strong yeah. side end and interior. Yeah. Like I think that's the biggest thing that people don't talk about enough. And I think it's a great point, Sean, about Brendan Vernon. Is Brennan, even if he's never like a playmaker on the defense, like from a sack perspective and such, he is going to give you an attitude up front, man, which yeah. you need. You need that type of attitude. Which, now this is funny because you don't think this. I remember being, we were at the pro day a year ago, and I remember at the end of the day, you looked at me and you were like, yo, this guy, like he, yo, he had a pretty darn good day. I was like, really? You're like, yeah. Lo and behold, he gets drafted, and all of a sudden, everybody's talking about this guy in the NFL. Why? Because he was that guy. He was an attitude guy along yeah. that defensive front for Notre Dame. And you take that out of the equation, you don't understand how important that is. Yes, he's undersized. Yes, he might not be your prototypical. Are like, we talking about Heinish? Yeah. We're talking about Heinish, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was an attitude guy yep. for Notre Dame. He brought something that was so in made, my he, opinion. He made the Texans as a rookie, as an undrafted free agent. Absolutely. Like I think that speaks volumes, man. You know why? You know why Kurt Heinisch made the Texans roster this year? I hate to break it to everybody. It's because he's a nasty dude, man. Yes. Like he plays yes. hard. Like plays that's why hard. he made it. Yes, you need those type. You need those type of guys on the inside of your defense, man. Yeah, you really do. And I think that part, as much as you talk about the talent of the other guys that were still left when he left. I think that was a part of the equation that was sorely missed, especially in, in certain moments in big games. Yeah. Well, Sean, great segue, sir. And you are the best at segues on this show, by the way. Fantastic segue. You want to talk about nasty. You want to talk about demeanor. You want to talk about mean. May I introduce you to Cameron Pruitt, who is a safety linebacker out of the state of Alabama. 6'3". 190 pounds. People ask. I know Brent, Brent, Brandon Plesner is one that's asked this a bunch, and for good reason. Who are the rover targets in 2024 for Notre Dame? Well, this is that guy, Sean. And uh, I think everyone's going to really enjoy this film. We showed him him before, I believe. But, man, he's a lot of fun. Again, 6'3", 190. Kind of plays overhang, plays on ball a little bit, blitzes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he takes on blocks pretty well as well. It blows dudes up, man. Oof. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. This is like him and Tylen Singleton are very similar football players. I'll say this, though. Tylen has, is a better athlete than Cameron Pruitt, in my opinion. Cameron Pruitt is a meaner player and more physical player. He is... He's got attitude to him, Sean. He's got big time attitude. It's funny you say that because Tylen might be Malik's favorite prospect in twenty four. Like he immediately fell in love with Tylen Singleton's film. 
But the physicality with the athleticism, the combination that we're showing right here and we're watching, yo, the, I, look, <laughs> how would you like to have that recruiting base down there in the state of Alabama? <laughs> Seriously, man. Man. I mean, and, Sh- and Sean, like, and, and I know Brandon just put this in the chat and we'll hit this on the mailbag a little bit. I, I think that there's something here potentially, man. Like this is a high academic kid who I think does really like Notre Dame from everything I'm hearing. It's going to come down to if you get him on campus this fall, because again, like all the, a lot of SEC schools are on a Cameron Pruitt, but yeah. man, I love watching this kid's film. Whether he ends up with Notre Dame or Alabama or Georgia, who whoever, this kid is a missile, man. Yeah. <laughs> this kid is a missile. I, I just love this film, Sean. I mean, because you've seen him now playing on the edge, almost like a defensive end. You see him on the second level. There he is playing the slot, getting interception. He was also playing single high at one at one clip, playing too high. This kid does everything for that defense. Despite being technically a safety for his team, he had like 18 tackles for loss as a junior or something like that, like a crazy number, man. Because There he is stripping the ball out of the dude's arm. He's just, yeah. He's good, man. He's a really good football player. Really good football player. And an extremely high academic kid, which I just want to reiterate again. Like, this kid, I think is a high three or a 4.0 student, man. Like, he's a very high academic kid, which is never hurts Notre Dame's chances, right? That never hurts their chances. Right. Where, I like he is. where, where is he? Where is he? I don't even know where he is. Oh, there he is. Just chasing down on the backside. Sean, this is the modern-day rover right here. He's going to be 6'3", 210 pounds, and just be a heat-seeking missile. He's going to be – and again, I'm not saying that he's going to be quite as good as with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, but stylistically, he's going to be Jeremiah Wusukoromoa with two-plus inches. That's what he's going to be. I mean, look, chasing down the screen. I love this kid, man. I love I'm right kid. there with you. And again – you got oh here oh here it comes here it comes is he gonna play special teams Sean is he gonna play special teams let's take a look is he gonna play special teams is he gonna play special teams woo there hey it is, that man. tackle might be outlawed by the time he gets to Notre Dame though you're, you're you're not wrong about that one but regardless my guy can run my guy is physical he'll play special teams he'll be a really good player on the second and third levels potentially for a team. Man, I, I just I can't say enough things about him. And I'll say this. I've had the chance to talk to him a few times, Sean. He's a really nice kid, man. Like one of those really respectful, you know, like when you talk to some kids and they're just like very like, oh, you're Sean. Like, you know, we'll talk to you like a normal person. And yeah. then there's other people that are like, yes, sir. No, sir. Absolutely, sir. Thank you, sir. Like one of those yeah. dudes, you know, that's how yeah. he is. Like super respectful kid too, which I really do like. To the point they make you feel like, man, you know what? You can actually say my first name. You know, <laughs> that's how it was with Drake Bowen, right? Yes. Like you build a Drake, relationship Drake was Drake one Bowen. of the most, yeah. Absolutely. Drake was one of the most respectful kids that you'll ever talk to, man. Like yeah. just such a nice kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's, there's a couple of those in the class though. Like um, Jeremiah McClellan from Christian Brothers. He's another one of those kids. It's just like, he calls me coach. I'm like, I'm not a coach. Like, I've told him several times. Like, yeah, yes, coach. No coach. I'm just like, I'm not I'm, Jeremiah. I promise I'm not a coach, man. But like, he keeps, he's just very respectful funny? like that. Yeah. Right. Isn't that funny? Do you ever feel like somehow, some way, when you like 
build a relationship with these kids that somehow, some way they think you're attached to the school. Yeah. As uh, I've had at least one in particular, I'm like, dude, wait a minute. Like, I'm not recruiting you. I'm just, I'm just covering your recruitment. Like, yeah, I'm man. not, I'm not with the school. But it's like that's the attachment you build with some of these kids. When you talk to them week after week, over the course of a year, yeah, they kind of connect you with that institution, especially if they really like you. So, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. I, I just really like that kid, man. Just such a nice, nice young man. I'm glad so. he's that type of young man. No Those doubt. are the gems. Those are the gems that make the job worthwhile. Yeah, man. So Notre Dame needs to get Cameron Pruitt on campus this spring, summer. We'll see if that happens. If it does, I think that's indication that there is legitimate interest there. I do think that there's interest there. So, yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see, obviously, as that continues to turn a little bit. Next guy, Sean. We got two players left. Both are in the secondary here. One guy we've talked about a ton, so we're not going to watch as much film on him. But I wanted to bring up Jalen McLean again, Sean, who is a safety out of Seton Hall prep in New Jersey, West Orange, New Jersey. For me, Sean, I I understand this, and I'm going to be fully transparent with this. I'm going to be a higher on this kid than just almost anybody that we talk to, I think. I I really am. I just put out a a film review on him. I think he's a top 150 kid right now, Sean, with top 50 upside. I really do, man. I Six foot, 185, good frame physical sticks his nose in there as an alley player has good range. I want his ball skills to be a little bit better, but like movement skills, athleticism, physicality. I I think this kid's one of the best safeties in high school football. I really do. I think that he is a stud. I know Notre Dame's high on him. I think it's a priority for me, Sean. Like this is a, this is a must get type of football player in this class for me. Get Jalen McLean. He's your future starting free safety at Notre Dame or your boundary safety. However, kind of they want to forecast it. I really like Jalen McLean a lot, Sean. We, some people are very high on him from a recruiting ranking perspective. One or two are not, but I think you're going to see him more and more continue to rise in these rankings. Now, what's not to like? Like, what, what's not to like? You know, these combination slot guys that project to safety. I like that. Like when I watch film and I see a kid is in the slot in space, I feel really good about his hips, his ability to run, his ability to cover, rather than a guy that's on the back end all the time. So when you talk about him, his versatility, being used as running back, being used as a wide receiver, he's just an all-around athlete, and it lets me know that he's a playmaker as well. That's something that we didn't Ben Minich on both sides of the ball was a playmaker yeah. in his senior year. And I think that's why his film kind of jumped and popped a little bit different because it just does something when you get a young man that can be a playmaker two ways, play multiple positions, and just makes an impact. Making impactful plays transfers to the next level. like Because you just have a knack for making plays no matter where teams put you or what they need from you. That's a trait you have to watch. I mean, we see this kid, he's playing, what, back too deep coming up, making a tackle. He's blitzed off the corner. We saw that on the second piece of film. Now they're putting him, what, off man, forcing an incomplete pass. There he is again in the interior. Quick bubble screen. Oh, they faked him. And he's in position, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yep. 
What's not what's not to love? He's a smart kid. Yep. Yeah. And and Sean, I think that this is a this is the modern safety in today's game, right? Because all the things you just said, you've seen him make plays from single high. You've seen him make plays from too high. You've seen him make plays from the slot. You've seen that he can run. I mean, how many of these kind of how many of these pursuit tackles has he made kind of as touchdown saving tackles on this film? This is a kid where whether you want to phrase him as a boundary safety or free safety, or um sorry, a boundary safety or a a field safety, this kid can rotate to the middle of the field. He can rotate down. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a big nickel during his career where he's got man-to-man coverage skills. Like I think that this kid has everything that you need. And I know Jason just said, uh, Jason asked who we're talking about. We're talking about Jalen McLean, who's a safety out of Seton Hall Prep here in New Jersey. So you see him do a little bit of everything, man. And, uh, yeah, I like him. I really like him a lot. He seems to have an understanding of line alignments as well. Yes. Like Smart kid. That little because flare Sean- route they tried to run on him. He understood what he was trying to do, kept his leverage, made contact, and immediately turned to look for the ball. He's a smart kid, man. He's a smart kid. And, and I think that that really does translate to next level, Sean, because it's a great point. This is and here. Here's another great – watch the ground he covers here, Sean. Oh, flying, yeah. dude. Flying and somehow forces that kid out of bounds. <laughs> like just absolutely flying. So he is but, – but I think it's a great point, Sean. When If you have a kid that is able to line up as many places as he can, though, mm-hmm. he needs to know the defense, right? Because that's yeah. so many different positions. That's so many different responsibilities. He has a very good head on his shoulders. I think from I think he's a better athlete, all due respect to Adon Schuler. I do think he's a better athlete. But he brings that similar profile to Adon in the sense that he knows – where to be on the field at all times. That's one thing that you can't quantify about a Don Schuler is that he's always going to be in the right spot. He just always is. Jalen McClain's the same. I just think Jalen McClain is a really, really good athlete. Quick, fast, explosive. This kid's, I think, is going to be a six foot, 200 pound safety that can play either spot. Like, that's kind of how I see him. Plant that, jer- man, plant that jersey flag. Plant it. <laughs> Just get the pipeline going. Uh, hey man, Notre Dame's done pretty well in Jersey for the most part, man. Like they, they have, they've had some guys in Jersey. I mean, you know, you think about Quentin Nelson, obviously the Adam Alola twins. Like they, they've done some good stuff in Jersey, man. Elijah yeah. Shoemate back in the day was a good football player. Like they, they, they've had some success there. They've had some yeah. success there. Yeah. So yeah, man. If it's hey man, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm not asking them to take. I'm not asking him to take, you know, four to five guys from Jersey every year, but like if there's a guy you really like from Jersey, go, go get, him. get him. Go get him. So that that's uh that is Mr. Jalen McLean, Sean. Last guy I wanted to talk about. And we've shown him before. We've talked about him in, you know, kind of a, a favorite show before. We talked about him in the safety recruiting segment of the podcast before. We've talked about him extensively, but wanted to bring up. Demello Jones, who is a safety out of out of Swainsboro, Georgia, Swainsboro High School in the state of Georgia, the nephew of D. Cooper, who played safety for Notre Dame in the late '90s and went on to play in the NFL for a couple of years. 
Interesting player, Sean. And I'm going to kind of roll the film as we're talking. We're not going to break down the film as much because we've talked about him plenty. We go back to one of our previous breakdowns of DeMello Jones. You'll be able to kind of hear what we're what we're seeing here. But so, Sean, like this is a kid that I think had high interest in Notre Dame when he was offered. We had him on the podcast before. He spoke highly of Notre Dame. He has a very good relationship with D. Cooper, who was – of course, his uncle that played at Notre Dame. I think there's a lot of insight here for Notre Dame to be in this one. He's been blown up on the recruiting side of things. He's been offered at wide receiver, at safety, at corner, at every as an athlete by schools like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Notre Dame was pretty early on him, though, and now he's a top 150 caliber recruit by multiple platforms. Sean, you remember when we first talked about him and he didn't have a single star to his name? Now he's a consensus four star. He's a guy yeah. that's a 150 plus in every single platform. Kid is special, man. Kid is just special athlete in my opinion. What so Notre Dame likes him at safety. List? What's that? Would you put him on your must get list in the 24 class? I... I mean, it, he would be an absolute like priority for me, for sure. I mean, the relationship with his uncle, with how he speaks of him, I, I, I think that you have to be able to kind of have some traction with him. The, the thing that yeah. I'm looking forward to, Sean, before I like call him a musket, though, is I think that DeMello has interest in Notre Dame, but at the end of the day, like we need to get him to campus if you're Notre Dame. You need to get him to sure. campus. Yeah. And I talked to him two days ago, yesterday. They all kind of blur together. He hasn't set any visits at all yet. I mean, he was playing basketball, and I know he just finished. But he's a player that, you know, I think there's interest in Notre Dame. But until he gets on campus, like, I, I have no idea what yeah. that actual, like, overlying interest is. I know he's interested in Notre Dame, but is it enough to pull him out of the Southeast? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. If he does set a visit to Notre Dame, which I know he was interested in last time I did talk to him, then I think that Notre Dame has a chance to get into this conversation very heavily. But at the end of the day, man, pulling this type of athlete kid. out of Georgia is going to be tough, but I think Notre Dame has a chance. This is the type of kid you want to get in for the Bull and Gold game. Yes. Right? Have, him, have him come in with the family so we can get the full range of what it's like, be around some of the former great players. Make That'll sure Deke takes time. him there. Make sure Deke yeah. Cooper takes him there. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And someone just says he hasn't visited anywhere. Uh, yeah, Nathan. So he was waiting until after basketball season. He hasn't set any visits yet. Literally just talked to him yesterday, the day before. Didn't have anything finalized yet. So he has, doesn't have any visits scheduled for the spring or summer. You know, there's been a lot of teams coming after him. A lot of teams coming after him. So I think he's kind of trying to prioritize places right now. Is kind of what the holdup is. But every time I've talked to him, very interested to set up a visit at Notre Dame. It's been a place that he's known for a long time, but hasn't been to. So... We'll see. Again, if he gets on campus, I think that's a big sign for Notre Dame, but we shall Absolutely. see. Absolutely. So that is Mr. DeMello Jones. I think for people that are watching with us live on YouTube, you can see that he is incredibly talented. Goes by Mello. Uh, just quietly like an 18-point-per-game guy in basketball. He's a track and field guy as well. Like This kid's a, a freak athlete, man. Freak athlete. 6'1", 175 pounds, 4'4", speed athletic that's the mellow jones so sean that's going to kind of do it for our that's our list of some of notre dame some of our favorite recruits in the 2024 class on the defensive side of the football we're going to get into the mailbag next we already have a bunch of mailbag questions that we have starred and highlighted and we're going to be ready to talk about and i want you all to just kind of 
continue to put some mailbag questions in there. So hit that MB in the chat. Put some more questions out there. We're going to hit that in a second here. But before we do, if you could just hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, five-star reviews, all that great stuff. We really appreciate it. Make sure to go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. We'll be having a lot more intel, not only the recruiting side, but on the team side as we get into spring practice. But that's going to do it for this portion of the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour on Irish Breakdown Podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.